Hey Buddha Nation, welcome to the Ecom Show, where we invite e-commerce entrepreneurs, marketers, and agencies to talk about e-commerce, the best strategies and tactics, and what to implement in your own e-com store. Before we jump into this episode, I ask you to subscribe to this podcast. Make sure you share it with at least one friend. As you probably know, we don't run ads. Our growth is purely organic, so it would mean the world to me if you could support us. And now let's jump into the episode. Hey everyone, here is Daniel Budai with a brand new episode of our e-commerce show. And today I'm here with uh, Chris Mandarino and he's one of the co-founders of Live Fuel. And uh, this is a uh, plant-based supplement brand. They have more than 2,000 reviews on their website and they really strive for high quality products. They are based in uh, in the US. Chris Chris is in uh, Orange County at the moment. So let's just let's jump into his uh, story and his brand story. Hey, Chris, how are you today? Hey, Daniel, doing very well. Thank you. Good to be here. So tell us more about this brand, Life Fuel. When did you start? When did you meet your co-founder? And uh, at all, is this your first business? Yeah, so we launched the brand back in 2015. Uh, you know, I had kind of worked, I, my kind of professional uh, progression to starting Life Fuel was I was a professional athlete. So I was always took like a vested interest in health and nutritious, uh, really experimented with it um, on my own. And it was really post football career where, you know, I was trying to lose a lot of that excess uh, weight I had put on as an athlete and kind of transform my health. And nutrition was one of the main things that I focused on to be able to do that. Um, when I transitioned away from the NFL and started working in the business world, it was 2008. I thought I'd go the finance route because that's everything that I had done outside of football. But obviously, with the global financial crisis, not a great time to get in uh, into finance. So I ended up landing <clears throat> in the world of nutrition, and it was in a more kind of niche area of nutrition. It was focused on uh, bariatric surgery patients, people struggling with obesity, and really needing kind of that interventional tool to uh, shed the weight and nutrition uh, in that patient population is a very unique and specific need set. Um, So I learned a ton about the science of nutrition, really saw firsthand how kind of products got developed. And then it was during that time working for that company, which I saw a much larger need for nutrition in the general population and kind of had that entrepreneurial itch to go uh, do it on my own. And it was my first, this is my first company that I started. I had kind of some side gigs and side hustles and, and little projects here and there, but life fuel is really kind of the first um, business of this scope that I've, I've watched. Yeah, I got it. So nutrition is a topic that I'm also very passionate about. And uh, in the last, let's say one year, I really, you know, uh, dug into this topic. So I'm curious, how do you know if something is bullshit or not? I think that's a big question in this nutritional world, right? Yeah, and sadly, a lot of it is bullshit. Um, and it's unfortunate because it's misleading to consumers and you know, it doesn't really help move the needle in terms of health outcomes. So 
you know, what we do is we really start with the science. So we didn't come up with the science, right? The science existed and we use that to go to formulation. So when we think about nutrition, we think about what specific um, problems are we trying to solve for? Uh, one of the major problems that we see in the U.S. and, and really most <clears throat> Western societies now is the lack of nutrition in food. So, this, you know, an apple today is less nutrient dense than it was, you know, a decade or two ago, which poses the problem that we're not <clears throat> meeting our daily nutritional requirements for from real whole foods alone. You combine that with, you know, how <clears throat> on the go uh, time crunch people are and they seek out more convenient food sources to try to meet their you know, daily caloric and nutritional intake needs. But those are kind of the worst foods because there's even less nutrients in the kind of the fast food and junk food options. So what we did is we started by looking at, okay, well, what are these key essential vitamins, minerals, um, antioxidants that are largely missing from modern, uh, modern diets? And what can we do to kind of fill those nutritional gaps? And instead of taking a multivitamin, which doesn't have, you know, protein and a lot of other cofactors and co-nutrients, we really wanted to start with a whole foods based approach because that's what the body recognizes and absorbs the best. And so if you look at most supplement companies, they've probably got 50 to 100, sometimes 200 different SKUs, and they've completely forgotten about how nature in the body works, right? You can't compartmentalize, you know, single nutrients, you know, vitamin D or, you know, specific things. You, you really need this whole thing to work in synergy. And so we take a more holistic synergistic approach to nutrition. Um, we understand the importance of bio-individuality, meaning what works for me can be entirely different than what works for you. And our needs could be different based off our health goals, genetics, gut microbiome, socioeconomic factors, all these things. So there's, you know, a really more in-depth layered approach to thinking about nutrition and not just, you know, hey, let me gobble down a bunch of supplements thinking that they're doing something magical for my body, right? And you also have to start with real whole food and really think about, you know, the diet first, right? Re eating and real food should be <laughs> the, the number one place to start eliminating a lot of the toxic junk out there is going to be, if you're not doing that, you know, no supplement, no hack is going to kind of out hack, you know, that process. Right. So um, that's really how we think about nutrition. Um, and, you know, I think understanding how to look at a nutrition label, understand the ingredients, look at, you know, red flags like sugar and highly processed uh, seed oils and vegetable oils and steering clear from a lot of that stuff is what you need to do to kind of navigate, you know, this um, crazy marketplace. Yeah. So in the meantime, actually I'm rosing your website and I have a few questions. So sure. you highlight that it's a uh, plant-based and actually in the past one month, I tried the vegan diet. I just finished okay. it last week. And it was an interesting journey. I don't think it's for me. Yeah. But uh, one thing I learned, maybe I should eat less meat and look for other things like uh, like beans and lentils, you know, different uh, yeah, other sources that? of 
Yeah, I think it depends, right? So I think with the vegan diet specifically, it poses a lot of nutritional challenges. Um, so, you know, many people experience a failure to thrive on a vegan diet. Um, many, many people have, you know, great results with it, but you really need to pay attention to um, the vitamins and minerals because they're specific foods. Anytime you eliminate uh, specific food groups altogether, it becomes a lot more challenging to get you know, the nutrients you need in your diet, right? It's already challenging enough when you're eating like an omnivore diet and you're getting, you know, both an animal plant-based, uh, animal and plant foods, but way more challenging on both sides of the spectrum, right? If you go carnivore, you know, you're missing out on a lot of the uh, phytonutrients in plants. If you're going vegan, which is the opposite end of the spectrum, you're kind of missing out on some of the other foods. So the way that we think about it, it's not, you know, when we say, plant-based yes our nutrition uh products are plant-based because they're superior to what you can do through animal-based uh supplements right if you look at whey protein as an example ultra processed um commodity you know it's a uh you know it's a uh, part of the milk production process as we know a lot of the dairy especially in the u.s is you know, uh, from cows that are, you know, enriched with, you know, uh, a bunch of hormones and not eating a natural diet. And so it's, you know, not the best, uh, fuel source. And so we looked at a plant-based alternative one to make it more digestible to eliminate a lot of the, um, dairy intolerance. If you look at the population, I think it's over 60 or 70% of people just have uh, intolerance to dairy and whey protein is in that same category. So that's really kind of how we, Think about it and then you have the diet and the food-based side and that's where a, a more bio-individual approach as i mentioned really needs to pay taken into consideration i love that you experimented with a vegan diet you know i've kind of gone through that route as well focusing on like just plant-based whole foods i too did not find that to be optimal for me um but when i focus on like the source and the quality of animal-based foods and a healthy combination of the right plant-based foods that seems to, to do the trick based off my individual needs and kind of my performance goals and all that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And actually, just today I uh, ate some uh, deer soup and, uh, and you know, just deer. And uh, I realized that actually wild meat, that's, that's a very good thing and uh, very lean and protein rich even more than, than chicken or beef sure. and many minerals. I just read that there are that there are 10 times more minerals in deer than uh, in beef or chicken. That's very interesting. So, yeah. What well, wild, wild game, you know, it's going to be eating its natural diet. It's going to be, yeah. you know, it's yeah. not being fed corn and soy and kind of um, going through some of these conditions that exist uh, on the big feedlots. So, you know, the wild, the, the closer to nature you can get, you know, both animals and, and protein and kind of eat with the seasons, um, you know, the better off you're going to be just because the, the quality and the nutrient density of that food is going to be so much superior than anything you'll ever find at your local supermarket. Yeah. yeah. So uh, how many products do you have in the store overall? So we've got a pretty um, small catalog. Our hero product is our essential nutrient shake uh, and that's because that product eliminates the need of probably a dozen different supplements that people would mm -hmm. typically take. So it's got your protein, it's got your greens, it's got 
you know, full range of uh, vitamins, minerals, antioxidants in one complete nutritional solution, arguably the most complete product on the market for addressing the foundational um, human needs of nutrition. And then in that same category, around this concept of essential nutrients, we kind of went um, vertical and adding a different format. So our essentials bar, beyond just a protein bar, it's got all those same vitamins, minerals. We've got hero uh, superfoods in each one. And so it's really around this narrative, around this concept of getting essential nutrients. We've got a couple other um, adaptogen products, but our, our really core focus is around the essential shakes, the essentials bars, because that's kind of focused on the primary problem that we're, we're trying to solve. And then we've got our digital wellness aspect because we know no one product, no matter how good the product is, is going to you know, solve everybody's problems. It's really the education, the accountability, the behavior change, the habit formation that's going to lead to the best results and um, last a lifetime, essentially teaching people how to uh, take back control over their health, be proactive about it, and not just relying on a quick fix like fad-based diet or some magical pill or product or powder. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I can also see that you have a subscription of your product. So was it added recently or, or from day one? Uh, how do you think about subscription? The reason why I'm, why I'm asking, because I think that's very undervalued, you know, in the e-commerce community, uh, even with supplements where I think everyone should do it, uh, except if it, this is something, I don't know, you know, you, you should, if you take that supplement, most likely you should take it uh, for a long time, right? Except if it's some very special thing. So um, it just makes sense to get those returning customers. But still, I cannot see this with most supplement brands, which is a shame. So I'm happy that, to see that you have it. Um, yeah, it's interesting, especially in nutrition. Um, you know, our products were really designed to be an everyday supplement and it's you know a problem that's not going away anytime soon right our, our our food most likely will continue to decline in nutritive value so something like life field is something that i do for peace of mind every single day knowing that my baseline nutritional needs are met and so that's why subscription just makes so so much sense for us as a business um because you know people should just continue on this basically forever they feel great uh, they're able to kind of substitute an entire meal using our product. So the value-based proposition is really um, powerful. And, you know, we'll add additional flavors so that we prevent, like, flavor fatigue and stuff like that. But that's, you know, that Hero product is really designed um, and, and perfect for subscription. There's a lot of other stuff, I think, out there from an e-commerce standpoint that doesn't obviously make sense to have on subscription. But even in the nutrition arena you know there's a lot of companies that are trying to um convince consumers that they need to be on something basically forever like probiotics which is simply untrue uh, yeah. most people once you've kind of restored your gut microbiome you don't need to take a probiotic for the rest of your life all you really need to do is continue to feed the healthy bacteria in your gut using prebiotics starchy vegetables a lot of the stuff that's in our shakes and then you're keeping those like healthy bacteria thriving and all that, you know? And so you got to have to, again, sift through a lot of this stuff and nutrition field, think through, okay, what, what do I need to be taking? 
daily and what can I use advantageously during specific times. And like we sell a, a line of different adaptogens for strength, uh, stress or energy and different things. What is, sorry, what is adaptogen? Uh, so it's a combination of like mushrooms and botanical herbs. And okay. the concept of an adaptogen is it helps your body adapt to different levels of stress and kind of bring you back into a level of uh, a balance, essentially, if certain hormones and things are, are out of whack, which for a lot of us living in modern lifestyles, they are. Yeah. So the idea is to kind of use something like that strategically over the course of you know, 60, 90, 120 days see how your body responds, see if you can kind of get back to that equilibrium and then kind of maintain that balance going forward, not, you know, take it for the rest of your life, like a medication. So that's really the idea of, you know, preventative wellness is like, let's let the body kind of work its magic when kind of nourished with the right fuel sources, but then, you know, find that rhythm, find that balance and understand that through, you know, food first approach, you're going to be able to, provide your body with the, the core building blocks and essentials you need to kind of maintain uh, good health over time. Hey Buddha Nation, welcome to the Ecom Show. I ask you to subscribe to this podcast and if you like it, make sure you share it with at least one friend. As you probably know, we don't run ads. Our growth is purely organic, so it would mean the world to me if you could support us. I hope we can serve our audience in the best way. And now let's jump into the episode. So in this space, education is crucial. We already discussed it. So let's say someone goes to your website, they, let's say they think that they need probiotics forever. Uh, and I don't know, a double dose every day. Somebody told this to them. Um, how would you educate them about the products and, you know, just in general? Does this happen on the website? Maybe you have a, you know, a phone number or how does it deliver? Yeah, so I think it's a, a multi-touch point process. So our website, we really try to uh, do as much as possible on the product display pages and throughout the website to educate you know, our customer base around some of these topics about the individual products. Um, we uh, strategy that we've kind of leaned into is kind of blog-based content where a lot of the uh, FAQs that we're getting, we can kind of go into more details around that with kind of a science base um methodology to that but our transformation program is really the the core place where we can develop a uh, more intimate relationship with the customer they can really get into some of the details on the products and you know uh, a lot of the research that that we've kind of learned over time and, and kind of uh drip that over the course of somebody's um lifetime with us Uh, and then there's the, you know, email marketing, I think is, is a great way to do that as well. Um, and a lot of times, instead of just being like hitting people over the head with promotions, what can we do from an email communication standpoint to educate um, our customers with like, you know, a quick read within the email, but also link out to a blog post article or something to go more in depth if they'd like to. I actually just recently started like a personal newsletter as well, where those people that want to understand even more and kind of a higher level of nutrition can subscribe to that, kind of get a more behind the brand type look and kind of get additional insights and thoughts similar to, to this type of conversation, but in a, a newsletter type format. Yeah. Is it created by you or who is the writer of the 
newsletter? Yeah, so we've uh, it's in collaboration with a uh, writer and then myself, and so mm-hmm. the, the writer is basically drafting ideas. We'll typically have a weekly conversation like this. Um, we'll kind of look at some current events, and um, I'll tell some stories just based off previous experiences, whether that was, you know, during my time as an athlete or living abroad in Italy and, and Sardinia and some of the blue zones. And we'll kind of pick that apart and, you know, distill it down into different newsletter topics. And then uh, he'll kind of draft some content. I'll go through it, review it, edit it, um, add my own kind of unique personality to it. And then we'll go through and, and kind of share that with the uh, the audience. Yeah, yeah. Actually, for a long time, I struggled with this, that, I wrote all the newsletters and I I didn't really know how I could outsource this. And these weekly conversations are great. I do the same. I talk to our copywriter and we just, you know, have a casual conversation and then topics come up randomly. And I, we just talk about different topics and uh, the copywriter can, you know, make a draft about these topics and, and my own viewpoint. She can collect those and then after uh, everything just becomes easy. So actually it works great. Was it easy for you to find someone or you needed to try different people? It's a lot of trial and error. I mean, we've been at this since 2015. So we've worked with a lot of folks throughout that, that timeline. And I think finding really good um, freelancers and, and people to work with is, is proved challenging. But I think about a, a year or so ago, we started to kind of find like that that team of individuals who really understood what we were trying to achieve uh, from a brand, had the unique skill set to be able to execute and also share new interesting ideas that continue to, to help us grow and, and expand. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it was certainly a, a challenge, especially early days. We bootstrapped the business, so there's not a lot of resources just go out and hire a full team of people. So a lot of stuff was stuff that I did personally. Um, and there was a big learning curve because it's not stuff that I had really done professional before, but that then empowered me to be able to go speak to those things, hire for it as needed and really understand kind of all these core aspects of the business that, that it takes to, to grow the brand. Yeah, that's amazing. And, uh, I think all of the entrepreneurs who bootstrap, they have this learning curve and you have to learn a lot of things. You mentioned that you studied finance before or that's, that was your previous job? What's that? So you mentioned that you studied finance before or that was your previous job, right? Yeah, yeah. So I, I interned when I was in college. Um, you know, I did a few internships uh, in the financial world. And then right after college, I had the opportunity to play professional football. But even when I was in professional football, we had um, a couple of different um, – there's like a curriculum that got put together where you'd have different people come out. And like a big emphasis was that on, on finance and kind of private wealth management and personal wealth management and all those things. And there was a time where I was actually studying for my Series 7, getting ready to kind of go the finance route, and I was interviewing – then I got a call from a former teammate to go play football in Italy. So I put that all on hold, continue the football thing for a little bit. And then when I came sorry, back. When we, sorry, when we talk about football, so soccer or America? Football. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's interesting. Most people wouldn't imagine that they actually have American football team in Italy. But uh, it's actually. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they've had it, I think, since you know 70s or 80s. Mm-hmm. It, obviously not 
the same level of um, the United States, but it's uh, it's surprising how football has grown, you know, as a sport around the world. Like even in Brazil, they they play American football. So and, and a lot of it is kind of tied to the the big soccer clubs and all that who've now kind of started okay. to develop their own football teams. Yeah, and um, yeah. So when I was kind of making the transition from football to the business world, it just you know wasn't a time, the timing didn't work out to be able to go kind of pursue that finance, um, based route. And I just kind of landed into nutrition, um, because it was, you know, what was available. I had, a, I had a personal interest in it, obviously, um, you know, given my experience as an athlete and that kind of, you know, started the journey towards what ultimately became, you know, full-time career. Yeah. Yeah. I think many of us have a similar story. I, studied uh, petroleum geology until 2016 but it was not the best time to join that industry so i just started my agency so yeah nice. <laughs> yeah 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 um what marketing channels do you use to get uh, new customers yeah so we use a mix i mean a lot of the traditional based stuff for you know a, a digitally native company so google has actually been one of our strongest performing channels um i think because we take a more sophisticated approach to nutrition, um, our customers tend to be uh, a bit more savvy. They, they tend to do a little bit more research before making a purchase decision. And so that's where Google and some of the, the blog posts and the content that we've written um, is like a nice organic lead magnet for us. And also the paid acquisition strategy and what we're doing on that side through search and, and different things has been um, good. We've, you know, Unlike a lot of other, I guess, D2C brands, we haven't totally figured out meta, at least in terms of like how, you know, uh, with the metrics that we're using to, to kind of grow our business profitably at every stage. But we are we are spending on meta. We're, you know, reformatting some of the strategy on there. And um, we are optimistic as it is, uh, in it as a channel, but definitely requires a lot more time and resources because of the creative aspect of it. Um, partnerships have been great for us. So affiliate and just kind of other, you know, uh, partnership based marketing has been good. We haven't done a lot in influencer marketing, but have discussed it internally and, and looking to explore it, uh, further. And, and that's kind of like the core mm -hmm. mix of, of marketing channels for us. Now we've spent money on other channels, but that's seems to be so far what's, what's working best for us. Yeah. Makes sense. Um, so my last question to you, so what would be your number one advice to someone who wants to start out their own supplement uh, brand? I can hear this from many people that this is probably the most crowded niche in the e-commerce world, especially in the US. So what would you tell them? Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's really a red ocean if you're just trying to like create a supplement brand at this point in time, you know, because if you think about it, most most brands out there they're just private labeling you know some same generic supplement vitamin so then it's all about you know how creative the the branding and marketing is but you know there's nothing that special about the individual products at the end of the day so i would start with a you know problem solution based approach like what is the like a really niche like or specific need is there a unique patient population customer population that's struggling with something that you can now design a product around to, to really support that need with the right uh science to, to to back that up and support it so and kind of create a customized 
formulation to do that. So I, I really like the idea of kind of a more comprehensive, holistic approach. And if you can think about that instead of like just trying to sell dozens or hundreds of different supplements, then that's the better route to go. Unless you're able to convince, you know, some <laughs> investors, VC, go raise a bunch of money and just throw money at it, then that's a different route, obviously. But um, that would be my advice. And also, you know, trying to be a, a thought leader, you know, around that specific topic. Is there something, you know, personally that kind of you struggled with in, in health and kind of this has been helpful to you? Or is there, you know, some sort of unique audience that you've kind of um, been involved with that would, would benefit from this? But yeah, I would say you definitely need a niche down at this point because the the larger guys are just massive, massive companies. And it's, you know, when it comes down to marketing and stuff like that, you're not going to be able to outspend them. So it's really, you know, finding kind of that unique niche within the larger audience. And, and But there's plenty of that out there. I think you just have to kind of dig deeper to, to, to find it. Yeah, I agree. And uh, especially in this uh, niche, you know, there are sub-niches you should find yours. What's your unique approach? A few episodes ago, we had a, a CBD brand and uh, the guy had his personal issues and he solved it like 10 years ago and now he's doing great in the US with CBD products and not just CBD but he has his own approach so I can see this uh, happening again and again thank you Chris for coming here today and sharing your story if anyone wants to check out your uh, website and your products uh, where they should go yeah so our website is lifefuel.com that's life with y l y f e f u e l dot com and yeah that's the best place to, to find out about us our essential nutrition shake and bars are really that that hero product and then we've got our transformation program for anybody who's kind of looking to move away from a standard american diet live a more holistic uh take a more holistic based approach and, and really get into like the greater details about you know what's going to serve them um long into the future amazing Thanks, Chris, again, and uh, thanks, everyone, who listened to us. If you go to the description, you will find not only the website, but I will put a link to our uh, top 100 emails. We sent out almost a half a billion emails for our clients, and we collected the 100 best, so you can download it for free. Thanks again, everyone. Stay tuned. Every week, we come out with two new episodes. Have a great day, everyone. Thanks, Daniel.